Welcome to the Short Score, the Team Roping Journal's weekly updates from the team roping world, including from Pro Rodeo, Major Jackpots, USTRC, and World Series of Team Roping Qualifiers, and more, with hosts Chelsea Schaefer and Caitlin Gustav. Hello, Caitlin. Hey, Chelsea. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Short Score. This is the Cowboy Christmas edition of the Short Score. This is the biggest wrap-up you are going to get, you know, before the season ends. So, Caitlin has a ton of information. She's got who you need to know about that won the most during Cowboy Christmas. She's got the Resistile rookie that obviously stood out above the pack. And she's gonna. we're going to give you some circuit updates, too, just some quick ones. Awesome. Well, to start off with the pro rodeo results, obviously, if you guys didn't notice, Clay Smith is still on a roll. He's been on a heater all year, I feel like. Him and Jade Corkill, they're a new team again. Um, they dominated. They added $25,419 to their earnings. I know Jade said that this is the best Cowboy Christmas run he's ever had. Yeah, he's usually kind of down on Cowboy Christmas, yeah. so I'm glad that it was a good one for him. And as, you know, I didn't mention at the very beginning of this episode, but we do have Jade Corkill on today. Um, yes. We talked to him yesterday before he roped at Estes Park. Um, so you can expect to listen to that here after we tell you about everything else that got done. Yeah, well, to start off, we saw they, uh, Smith and Corkill, they won the Greeley Stampede. They were 17.4 seconds on three head, and that paid $3,982 a man. They placed second in the first round of the 4.8 second run. That paid a a little over $2,000 a man. And they also placed second in the final round with a 6.6 second run. That paid just a little over $1,000 a man. They also won the Eugene Oregon Pro Rodeo. They were 4.0 over there. That paid $3,429 a man. And then they also tied Brooks DeHosey and Walt Woodard at the Cody, Wyoming Stampede with a 4.8 second run. That paid $8,599 a man. And then they ended their Cowboy Christmas run. They won second in the average at the St. Paul, Oregon Rodeo with a time of 10.5 seconds on two head. That paid $4,395 a man. They also placed sixth in the first round with a 5.2 second run. And then they tied Lane Carney and Bucky Campbell with a 5.3 second run worth $513 a man. Awesome. Glad to see those guys kicking butt. I mean, no surprises there. I know. Smith is currently in the number one spot with $92,389. And Jade Corkill shuffled from 10th to 7th with $50,514. Half of that money he's won in the last 10 days. Yes. That's pretty sweet. It's decent. Pretty decent. Mm-hmm. Another team, and one of them is a Resistor rookie contender, mm-hmm. Eric Rogers and Peyton Bray. They won the second highest amount over the Cowboy Christmas run. That's unbelievable for a rookie. That's awesome. Yeah, they won $17,350 total. Um, they won the average at the St. Paul Rodeo. And they were 10.3 on two head, and that paid $5,054 a man. They placed fifth in the first round with a 5.1 second run, and they also placed fifth in the second round with a 5.2 second run. Um, they kept going and going in the averages. I don't think that's a surprise to anybody that knows Eric Rogers. He yeah. certainly can catch a lot of steers. <laughs> they also 
At the Pinoca Alberta Stampede, they won the rodeo with a time of 19.9 seconds on three head. That paid $2,463 a man. They placed third in the first round at the 6.3 second run, paying a little over a thousand, and they also won second, won the second round with a 5.2 second run, and that paid $1,642 a man. And then they also tied Josh Siggins and Junior Zambrano for first at the annual 4th of July celebration in Window Rock, Arizona. Um, that They were 4.6 seconds, and that paid $2,470 a man. I don't know if they went in the purr for the slack at Window Rock, but I bet the hometown crowd in Window Rock, Arizona, was so stoked for oh, Eric Rogers. Yeah. I guess, I mean, I technically that's not his hometown. He's from Round Rock. But <laughs> I'm pretty sure the Navajo Nation was out in full force for Mr. Eric Rogers at Window Rock and was super excited to see him before six there. That's awesome. Yeah, and that, I mean, surely that's circuit money right there for mm-hmm, him, mm-hmm. for both him and Josh and Junior. And then they also tied Garrett Chick, who is another Resistol rookie contender this year. He's roping for Ross Ashford. They tied for fifth in the average at the world's oldest rodeo in Prescott, Arizona. And they were each 13.6 seconds on two head. That paid a little over $1,000 a man. Rogers and Bray, they placed sixth in the first round of the 7.2 second run. And they also tied Stephen and Jason Doobie and Matt Sherwood and Hunter Coke for 10th at the home of Champions Rodeo in Red Lodge, Montana, with the 4.9 second run. And that paid just a little amount, $54. But at the end of the year, we will never know you what will $54 never know what paid. means. Yeah, I mean, $54 could be life or death. Yeah, Rogers is 21st right now in the world standings with a little over 30000 and Peyton Bray is 23rd with 28000 It's awesome. It's... Um, Caleb Driggers and Junior Nagara, they're always pretty mm-hmm. pretty hot yep. throughout the whole year. Uh, they added $13,922 to their earnings over the fourth run. They tied Cody Snow and Wesley Thorpe for first at the Oakley City, Utah Independence Day Rodeo with a 3.8 second run. Which we've got that video on our website. Yes. Um, check out TwoMemoryJournal.com. There's, there's a couple videos up there. But Caleb Driggers and Junior Nagara is their 3.8 run from Oakley City is definitely on the site. Yes. And then also at the Malala, Oregon Puckery Rodeo, they won second with a 4.5 second run, paid close to almost $3,000 there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also placed third at the Black Hills Roundup in Belfouche, South Dakota. Which was a muddy mess, I heard. Yes. So, I saw pictures, Snapchats, you name it, and yeah. it did not look fun. They were pulling bell boots and splint boots out of the arena. This rain, <laughs> I don't know, this rain is a blessing and a curse, and it Ugh. looked like, but... It didn't slow Caleb and Yeah, I don't down. think it hurt them. They were 4.9 over there, and they uh, won a little over $3,000 over there. Um, they also placed six at the home of Champions Rodeo with a 4.5 second run. And then at the Cody Stampede, they tied Paul David Tierney and Tanner Braden and Aaron Macy and Dylan Wingard for eighth with a 5.2 second run. Um, Driggers is seventh in the world, and Noguera is sixth with... $52,663. And another pro rodeo team, that 2016 world champion header Levi Simpson and NFR qualifier Cole Davison added a total of $12,442 to their earnings. They won Livingston Montana Roundup. They're 4.2 there. They also placed third in the average at the St. Paul Rodeo with a 10.6 on two head. 
and they placed seventh in the first round with a 5.4 second run and tied for fifth in the second round with um, Eric Rogers and Peyton Bray for fifth with a 5.2 second run. Um, Levi is 27th in the world standings, and Davison is 18th. And then, you know, before we kind of roll into the rest of the episode, you know, the other teams that did really well, Cody Snow and Wesley Thorpe, they really needed to get on, get rolling. I think they had had kind of a rough time through Reno. So they won about 11,000, 11 or 12,000. Lane, uh, Lane Ivy and Cesar De La Cruz, they won a little, a little over 11,000 as well. Um, so those are the teams that were super hot. Everybody, I, I think a lot of the teams that, that should have done well did do pretty well. And then there were some teams that, that kind of had a bad fourth, um, which we won't name any names. But, man, we were pulling for everybody to kind of pick things up heading into Cheyenne week because Cheyenne is next week. Woohoo! Mm-hmm. That's exciting. Yep. All right, moving into the Resistel rookie race. That Cal Fuller, he's still number one. Mm-hmm. In the heading. In the heading on the Resist All Rookie Race. Uh, he placed third with Casper Roy at the Big Fork, Montana, with a 4.8 second run. And they placed sixth in the average at the Pinocchio Stampede with 22.3 seconds on three heads. And got a little go-round money in route to that as well. So that's awesome. Yes. And then Garrett Chick, he's making a... He's surging. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. second in the heading. Um, they... Placed fifth in the average at Prescott, Arizona, 13.6 on two head. They won a little bit of round money in the second round, and they also tied for sixth at the Red Lodge, Montana, with a 4.5. That rodeo got muy rápido, so I'm glad to see Garrett getting a little bit of that money because that rodeo was super quick. Mm -hmm. Um, Another resistal header, that Brody Jones, is seventh. Um, He was seventh at the West Jordan, Utah. With a 6.8 second run, paid almost $500 there. And then another Resistal rookie header, Clayton Eggers, is eighth. He tied for fourth at Topenish, Washington, with a 6.6 second run. And then two Resistal rookies are roping together, Coy and Colton Britton. Uh, they placed ninth at Belfouche with 5.5 second run. And they tied for first at Mandan, North Dakota, with a 5.5 second run. Obviously, on the heel side, we know Peyton Bray is leading the standings right now with $28,325. Another healer is Heath Williams. He's third right now. He placed fourth at Mesquite, Texas, with a 7.1 second run. Second in Salem, Arkansas, 12.0. And first at Ashflack, Arkansas, with an 8.3 second run. And then lastly, another Resistor rookie healer is fourth, Carson Johnson. He and his brother, Kellen, they placed seventh, tied for seventh in Belfouche, South Dakota, with a 5.3 second run. They placed sixth at Mandan, 7.0, and fifth at Mobridge, South Dakota, with a 5.7 second run. Nice. So that's a little wrap-up of the Resistor Rookies. <laughs> awesome. All right, and on the circuit front, we're going to have a full update on the circuit stuff this week on our website. We're doing that every week courtesy of Fastback Ropes. Um, and as things are kind of coming in and updating through the circuits, I just want to make sure you know that we're doing that and Fastback supporting it because it's super fun, and it's a kind of a different way to cover the sport that we haven't. We don't give the circuit guys enough love, so it's our chance. Yes. Yes, so just... Watch it, Watch for that on TeamRopingJournal.com. All right. Now this week, 
we have Jade Corkill on the short score. So if you've listened this long, your reward is <laughs> is Jade Corkill and his his kind of take on the way things are going right now for him and Clay Smith um, and kind of the unbelievable they run that they've had thus far. So check it out, enjoy, and we appreciate you all listening. Hi, it's both of us. Hello, both of us. Hello, Jade. <laughs> what are you Can doing? Can you hear me okay right now? You sound brilliant right now. I sound brilliant? Yes, it's coming through brilliantly. The, the audio sounds remarkable. Oh. <laughs> I'm just trying out new adjectives. Yeah, I was just trying to make it sound better than it was. You sound good. sound great. I like, I like brilliant. You do sound brilliant. Yeah. So you're sitting on top of a mountain in Estes Park? I am. It's, uh, I mean, it's nice up here, but the, the ride down doesn't look very good. <laughs> was it like on a... I didn't mind coming straight up, but now we got to go. We wrote, I wrote the little, uh, like the little tram cart mm-hmm. thing. It's so. just on two cables, and it goes from the bottom of the hill on the other side to the top of the hill on this side. <laughs> so. Which is all great until you're halfway and the wind starts blowing. <laughs> and then once you get up here, then you have to go straight down first to get back to where you came from. Is it storming up there? It's storming. So, You're getting ready to storm here in Boulder. Uh, yeah, it looks like it might, yeah. <clears throat> the wind is, especially uh, where I'm at right now, the wind's blowing pretty hard. Ooh, so no better time than to be on top of a mountain. <laughs> no better time. <laughs> awesome. Well... You're on top of a mountain with $25,000 in your bank account that wasn't there a week ago. Tell me about That's your... Right. How does that feel? How does this Cowboy Christmas compare? Obviously, it's your best one yet. It is, yeah. I don't I don't know that uh, the other 12 or whatever I've had added together would equal 25000 so this is by far the best one. Yeah. Um what I mean was it clay? Was it the horse? You looked so confident every time I saw you, or is it, you roped so confidently. What? Tell me about how you felt. Um, yeah, it's, I think it's just a just a combination of kind of like a few things we've talked about, you know, here before mm-hmm. recent times or whatever that I've kind of just kind of figured out, you know, as far as as myself goes that. Um, maybe I didn't not know it beforehand, but just figured out a better way to to not forget it. Maybe I guess you could say, mm-hmm. and to kind of just stay stay locked in that mode whenever I I am about to rope somewhere or whatever. But um, and then I think just too like being older, like you know, it's not like I don't know how it is out here and what happens, and uh, just to kind of know how to not really necessarily worry about yeah being behind or you know if you didn't win over the fourth house it's not that big a deal or you know just just a little ins and outs of stuff like that 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 i think just takes time and experience to to kind of know know what to do i think that helps a lot no no i i'm not sure that everybody that's listened to this pot or that is going to listen to this podcast has read everything we've written about you lately but you've been kind of working on your position and how quickly you get to the steer and not panicking through the corner right or, or go into the steer right. talk a little uh, bit about yeah. that um well, just trying to not not necessarily think about how fast you know everything is is kind of nowadays like and and realize that no matter what is going on, I still have to wait for the steer to, to turn before I can do anything. So uh, just not anticipating the, the you know like when the head rope goes on, not 
trying, you know, I'm sure I'm still messing up doing it sometimes, but trying to not anticipate going in too early and then having to pick back up and then trying to gauge, you know, when I do need to go and being too close because it just kind of makes you to where, you know, then you're kind of committed to one or two shots right there no matter what. And so that's that's basically all I've been trying to avoid is is getting the spot to where I'm, I'm already committed before it happens just in case, you know, it doesn't happen like I was expecting or hoping to and then causing a no time or causing a mess up, you know. So uh, it's, it's kind of a, I guess, or like I've called it before, maybe like trying to disengage from uh, from the time of the run that's happening and kind of be on my own time, I mm-hmm. guess, and not get not get caught up in what's going on on the other side and uh, and just treating it like heading and healing and waiting, waiting for my turn, I guess. Yeah. Now... Those shots, I, I got to see you rope at Greeley. That looked like a pretty tough shot in the short round. Did it feel like it was a tough shot, or were you just kind of waiting for that run to come together and it just happened? Uh, well, that situation, yeah, it was. I would, I would say it was a tough shot, but I, it wasn't a tough shot at the same time because of the situation I was in. Mm-hmm. Had I been in a different situation, yeah, it would have been a shot that I wasn't necessarily just wanting to t- have to take, you know, because that zero was kind of stronger and... Uh, when he turned him, he was kind of pulling towards the catch pin and kind of hopping to where he was kind of pulling his legs up underneath him a little bit. So just being the situation we were in, I just made sure I got close and got over the top of him to where I could get some separation and keep my rope high on the feet and, and not risk losing him. Because I wasn't even necessarily worried about losing a leg. A steer that handled like that one did, you can lose both feet pretty easy. So, mm-hmm. uh, so I was just trying to, you know, do what I'm – I, I mean, I've tried to train myself to catch, so if I get in situations like that, I know what to do. And it wasn't like a safety up thing. It was just a kind of a do the do what I needed to do type thing. I wasn't worried about trying to put pressure on the team to go after us because they had a second on us anyway. And even if they didn't, just like what happened, I mean, they they haven't even roped their steer yet, so I can't I can't try to do something that hasn't been done. So I was just going to be happy with second and take the lead and move on because. It's a difference of four or five hundred dollars. You know what I mean? It's not. If I miss that steer, we lose thirty five hundred dollars. If I catch him and they beat us, we lose four hundred dollars. So, mm-hmm. and and we still gain thirty one hundred. So it's not that. You know, I try to think of it that way. It isn't. Isn't like oh, we lost whatever we lost or could have won first. Well, it didn't really matter. You know. So yeah. Take what you can get. But then the shot at um, Eugene that you posted the video of that was like a completely different shot and you were on a different horse. Tell me about how that kind of, that run came together. Uh, that run was, uh, we were in the slack that morning and, uh, that was the first thing, or the, I guess they had a first perf the night before maybe. And then we were in the slack the next morning and there was uh, three perfs after that. And the steers, they were, they were kind of older and, uh, Eugene's just one head. And so you could kind of tell we were like 12th out probably in the slack, but, you could just kind of tell by the steers that it was probably going to get pretty fast. And so we just, that's in those situations, you know, I wasn't going to pass up a shot for sure, you know, because mm-hmm. you know that there, there's that many good steers that somebody's going to catch fast. So you might as well, might as well try to win first. And uh, luckily we had a good one too. And just, just worked out that we did. And the Christmas trees, they didn't get in your way at St. Paul. Uh, the second one kind of did the, uh, on our second one, like right as I was healing the steer, uh, Marty kind of ran into it or had to kind of try to go around it a little bit. But 
that uh, we, we talked about that after because there were some horses that day and as you see them all the time like they'll stop at the tree or they'll kind of scotch at it and try to go around and uh that horse he just went right through it so <laughs> that was or i just had said something to him afterwards i said man that's how you know you got a good one if they'll they'll run right through the wall or through the tree whatever you need them to do so i thought that was pretty cool now i I've been meaning to kind of ask you this for a while, and you can just say pass, and we don't have to talk about it. But I feel like when you were younger, you used to talk a lot more about how important the gold buckle was and, like, how so – I felt like you were so focused on winning the world every year and that it was, like, all or nothing. Do you feel like that still? Uh, I actually – I don't. And I hate hate saying the reason why, really. Um – but it's the truth, and it's honestly like it was the year that Brock died in Cheyenne that it just kind of all hit. That like, or I guess what I didn't think of it right then, but I was like thinking that I would give anything, including a gold buckle, back without question to have that not happen. So that's what made it like, okay, well, is that really? So what's the point then? You know. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's something that because it, it, when you really think about it, the way I've thought about it now is, it's just a personal goal. Even though it's a personal goal for a majority of people, that doesn't make it more so all of a sudden. You know, mm-hmm. if if my goal was to be the best healer in Fallon, Nevada, well, that's also a personal goal. So I feel like if you if you just have a personal goal, well, then achieve it or not, it's, it only matters to you. So when I got to thinking about it more so, I was like, I'm the only one that cares if I'm going to win it or not. And so if it doesn't mean more to me than, than that, then it's not that big a deal. If I get it, great. If I don't, well, then I'm going to try. I knew I was going to try as hard as I could regardless. And so, you know, the way I am now, I've, I've kind of realized the fact that that's all you can do and you can't do anything you can't control. So. I mean, even even though I say that, I'm still out here trying to win it. If I'm if I'm gonna rodeo, I'm trying as hard as I can to win it. But if I don't, that's it's not the end of the world to me, you know. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. And it's taken it was a big weight off. Like I feel like a huge weight off my shoulders once I kind of. And I mean, it's like I said, it's all perspective. But once I kind of understood, had it kind of calculated around to where it, it, like I understood it better than it it was a lot easier for me to rope and to not worry about it if I didn't do good for a while. Yeah, I get it. I get it. So does it feel good, though, to be back out now? Yeah, it does. I mean, I I feel like I've finally got, which, you know, I think it's something that if you do something long enough at at any kind of level, but especially at a higher level, I think everybody goes through, you know, something like that or, like not not that I lost motivation, but it was like I was trying hard, and then I, I went it three times in a row, and I I was thinking to myself the whole time I'm like nobody wants to do worse than they did the year before, so I had one spot to go to just do as good as I did the year before, and so it kind of hit a point where like I just did I didn't have no more to do I couldn't try I was wearing myself out and my horses out and everybody around me probably out that it was just too much, you know what I mean? Kind of, mm-hmm. and so it kind of went the other way. <clears throat> and then, uh, I mean, I say, I think it's all just kind of mental, honestly, but like now I don't practice near as much as I used to or probably should, but 
I feel like that's that's what's working the best for me right now. And so I'm learning to do what's like not what everybody thinks you should do. Do what's best for you to do personally, to do as good as you can. And knowing when I'm in that position and knowing when I'm not, and just doing accordingly, kind of is the, what I figured out is kind of the best for me to do. Yeah, absolutely. Well. I'm glad that it's going this well. I'm glad that it's working out for sure. Are the boys on the road at all this summer? Uh, Kelton, Colby's at my parents' house. He's uh, <clears throat> He stayed there after Reno, and he's been roping and jackpotting a little bit and says he wants to stay there all summer, so I guess he, he might not be coming back. But uh, Kelton's out here. He's he's kind of a tripper, though. He's down for whatever, so. Mm-hmm. I'm up here. I rode this thing at this mountain for him. So <laughs> <laughs> we're feeding we're feeding peanuts to chipmunks. Right now we're done. So that's awesome. Risk, risk our life to feed uh, pe- peanuts to chipmunks today. <laughs> Estes Park, Colorado. You're doing a commercial for Rocky Mountain yeah. National Park. And he lost he lost his hat too. So there's a there's a free smarty hat up here on top of this mountain somewhere. It's like a, there's going to be a scavenger hunt out there. Folks are going to be looking for the They're going to have to be looking for a lost hiker to find it, I think. It fell, it blew off on the, uh, when we got off the thing on the walkway, it rocket right off the top of his head, so <laughs> it, it's gone. <laughs> that sucks. Well, I guess, I think you probably know where to get more smarty hats. Hopefully there's yeah, not a shortage. Uh, he's, he's a lot more worried about it than I was. I told him we got another one, but he's... He's, he's a little upset, but I'll be all right. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, Jade, thank you. I will let you get back to your family time. Thank you very much, and good luck the rest of the week. Yep. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Short Score. We will be back on Thursday with Brock Hansen and a kind of an episode on switching ends, also on parenting. I'm going to warn y'all in advance that our kids were there as we recorded this episode and we did our best to keep it on track. Thanks, everybody. Have a good one.